the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hey, Pastor, doesn't science disprove the Bible? Isn't Genesis just a fairy tale? Is God for real? Did he really create everything in six literal days? Didn't God just use the Big Bang? Why is there death and suffering? really believe the Bible? Didn't man evolve from apes? For answers to these questions and more, stand by for Believing the Bible. Welcome to Believing the Bible. This is Dr. Carl Williams with Terry Reed and Ed Salzwedell, all directors with the San Antonio Bible-Based Science Association. We are here to reassure you that you can believe the Bible from the very first verse. Today we have Richard Stepanik back with us from Alpha Omega Institute. Last program he spoke about the star of Bethlehem, and now he's going to continue on with various information about that same event. Richard, why don't you go ahead? Yes. Again, my name is Richard Stepanik. I work with Alpha Omega Institute, which is a creation science-based ministry. And there's a number of speakers there that work at Alpha Omega. And we were all one-time evolutionists. We have one that's atheist. A couple of us were theistic evolutionists. And by studying science, we all, you might say, evolved from evolutionists to creationists. We all believe in literal six-day creation and the young earth and the flood. Well, that's and a good evolution. <laughs> that's a good evolution. And praise the Lord for that. But we're going to talk about now the shepherds. You know, we're talking about the star Bethlehem and the wise men. But why, the question I ask myself is, why did these angels, and why did God open the eyes of the shepherds to see these angels? Why those shepherds? Why not some other shepherds? Why those? So as I take a study of those shepherds, these were shepherds that were specially trained to raise lambs for the temple sacrifice. These were not just ordinary shepherds. They were special shepherds. The angels came to these, and they gave them this message about this babe wrapped in swaddling clothes laid in a manger. And then they left. I've been to foreign countries, and there's a lot of countries I've been to where people in the country, they actually have mangers, and they raise their livestock and have little farms because that's how they survive. And so I'm thinking if these shepherds were there near Bethlehem, they would probably say, what manger? There would have been many mangers in Bethlehem. The shepherds never asked the question, what manger? They just knew, and they go in haste to the mangers, which means this manger the shepherds must have known this manger. So they knew exactly where. And so we take a look at Joseph. And Joseph is again from the line of David. So Bethlehem was his hometown. Joseph would understand the things that were happening in Bethlehem. He would know the area and so on. And so when he went to Bethlehem, Mary was, well, very pregnant. And he needed a place to deliver a baby. And there was no room for the inn. So I'm thinking about Joseph. If he knows Bethlehem, where would he go? And as I've also studied other scripture is Jesus Christ is connected to a phrase called the Tower of the Flock or the Tower of Edar. It comes from the Old Testament. Why is he connected to the Tower of the Flock? What is the Tower of the Flock? Well, in my research, the Tower of the Flock was a place where these special shepherds would take their ewes when they're ready to land. This tower was basically two-story. There was an upper tower, upper room where they could stand and they could overlook the sheep. They overlooked the flock. The one underneath was where they would deliver the lambs. And they would bring the ewes in there when they're ready to lamb. They would bring them in there. And as, as I do in my researches, it looks like they wouldn't even allow the lamb to touch the ground. Because these lambs had to be perfect. There cannot be any blemish because they're representing Christ. And the shepherds understood this. 
that wasn't the lambs that took away sin. It was the Lamb of God, Jesus Christ. That really and so they would take the lambs then after they're born, because there can't be any scratches or any marks or anything, and they would wrap them in swallowing clothes or cloth, and then had a manger there. They were laying in the manger. And so when they got done thrashing, because I used to feral swine, and the pigs would always fight and wrestle around when they were first born, and I can see where they could get hurt. So they didn't want any scratches, and they would. after a while, the pigs would calm down. And Well, same way with the lambs. They would calm down. They would unwrap them, inspect them if everything was good and the you was done, they would send the, the lamb and the you out. And so Joseph, he's well familiar. If you can't find an inn to have deliver a baby, where's it be the perfect place to deliver? Where the sacrificial lambs would be delivered. It would be clean. It would have cloth there for wrapping up a new more baby. It would have a manger to lie the baby in. Now, I used to feral hogs. I used to be a farmer. I went off and got an agribusiness degree. And we never feraled where we had all our other pigs because that was full of diseases. We always feraled in a special place that we kept clean and tried to keep it disease-free. And no other livestock was there except when we feraled these pigs. So that would have been the perfect place for Joseph to go. So as we take a look at where Jesus was born, he was born at the very place where the lambs for the temple sacrifice were born. Mm, uh, I believe this is what actually happened. I do know that Answers in Genesis also proposes that a manger was part of a house. In other words, when they said no room in the inn, there weren't any Motel 6s or Holiday Inns at that time. It was just the, the inn part where certain houses had enough extra space to, to house travelers. Right. And it wasn't exactly like someone was, a, you know, some hotel owner that did it. So the manger would be in the lower a- area where the livestock would be mm-hmm. and the people would be in an upper part or a different part of the same structure. So that's what they've come up with. But right. you found something right. even right. more interesting. This, yeah. is, this and, and, is a better idea. Right. The reason why I kind of came up with this is the shepherds knew where to go. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many inns would have been in Bethlehem. Maybe there's just one so they wouldn't know where to go. But the shepherds had no question where to go. They knew immediately where to go. They just left in haste and went. So, yeah, but what's interesting is you get this Jesus being connected with a lamb because he is the lamb of God. He did come and take away the sins of the world because you have to have a perfect man who had no sin to take our sins so we become the righteousness in him. And the sacrificial lambs always had to be pure and perfect. And I always wonder what happened if they weren't, what they do. Well, I don't know. They went to qualified for the temple sacrifice because mm-hmm. there would be blemished. Because basically, these lambs were actually representing Christ. Christ was perfect. He had no sin, no genetic blemishing because everything was perfect with him. So that way, he could take our sins. God the Father supernaturally put all the sins of mankind on Jesus Christ. So he paid the penalty for sin, which is death, which goes back to Genesis chapter 2. Because okay. if Adam ate of the tree, guess what was going to happen? Surely die. That law has to be appeased. And so that law is appeased in Christ. So he took our place. So when we believe in him, we kick on the righteousness of Christ and we can be in heaven. You are listening to Believing the Bible. This is Carl Williams, Terry Reed, and it's also now. If you'd like to learn more, go to sabsa.org. That's S-A-B-B-S-A dot O-R-G. Today we're talking with Richard Stepanek from Alpha Omega Institute. And we're talking about the lamb and the manger in which Jesus was born. So, and this whole Tower of the Flock even goes back in the New Testament, if my research is done, even before the Mosaic Law with the whole lamb sacrifice. And if we look at the Lamb of God, I believe that all goes all the way back to Genesis chapter 3. God comes in the garden. Adam and the woman hears God, voice of God. They flee. That's a natural instinct or nature of sinners. They want to flee when they hear the word of God. But God seeks them out. He draws them with his word. He's calling them. And Adam and the woman knew that if they ate of this tree, they would surely die. And that word surely die means to have one executed. It doesn't mean spiritual death. If you look at the context, it means have one executed. They died spiritually when they ate of the tree because their eyes were open. That's a spiritual separation. But the law demanded physical death. 
So basically, Adam and the woman were supposed to die the day that Adam ate of the tree. But they didn't die. But was there death on the day they ate of the tree? Yes. God came in and he clothed them with coats of skins. Well, when you skin an animal, guess what you shed? Blood. There's death. So here's these, I believe they were lambs. Why I believe that is because Abel sacrificed sheep. Why did Abel sacrifice sheep? He's modeling this first sacrifice done by God in the garden. So the the law demands death and bloodshed. So God supernaturally put the sin of Adam and the woman on these sheep. They died in Adam's place, and they were clothed with the blood atonement. So this shedding of blood of an innocent lamb starts basically in the Garden of Eden, and then Abel does this, and it's just passed on. You got Melchizedek. He was a high priest in Salem, Salem, which is Jerusalem. Well, he would have been sacrificing sheep. So they already had this practicing of sacrificing sheep before Moses ever comes on the scene, because it goes back to Genesis. That's why Genesis is so important, because when I teach the gospel message, I go back to Genesis, because that's the clearest place of where we see the gospel. And Jesus Christ is through Lamb of God that takes away the sins, because blood of bulls and goats don't take away sin. It's just a foreshadowing Christ coming to die on the cross. And you also talked about this in the introduction time about the difference between sheep and other farm animals. You said something about them being highly intelligent and super smart. Or did you say something different? Well, I did see something. I, you know, I raised, when I farmed, I raised cattle and hogs. And I was never smart enough to raise sheep because sheep, as far as I knew, were very hard to raise because basically they lived or died. And in my viewpoint, I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't think they were very smart animals. <laughs> <laughs> and so they needed to be more taken care of. The sheep or the swine and the cattle, they were more defensive and they can probably take care of themselves. But sheep need to be taken care of. They need a shepherd. And the sheep are described as being silent right. when shorn. Yeah. I witnessed that when I took a trip to Australia. We get a tour of a sheep farm. I don't know why we had to do a sheep farm in Australia, but we did. <laughs> and the farmer, sure enough, grabbed one of the sheep that was ready to be sheared. And he just grabbed it by the scruff of the neck, set it on its butt, and then shaved it. And the, the sheep didn't move, didn't yeah didn't bleed, didn't do anything at all during this whole time. It was not happy before he grabbed it, and it was not happy after he let it go. <laughs> but while the sheep was being sheared, it said nothing. It did nothing. That's interesting. It is. Yeah. And he says, yeah, that's the way they work. Yep. That's the way they are. Yep. And so, yeah, and, and another thing, I don't know if we have time for it, but in India, there was a man there that asked me, well, why did Jesus sweat blood? Why blood? Because he knew, he knew everything. He knew he was going to die. And what I find interesting is God knows everybody's thoughts. So if God knows everybody's thoughts, that means he feels everybody's pain. So all these people who went to the cross before Christ went to the cross, he already felt that pain. He, so he knew exactly the pain mm-hmm. that was going to, he had to go through. So why was he sweating blood? Well, one thing that God never knew, in my viewpoint, is he never knew sin because he's sinless. Because God the Father was going to put all the sins of mankind on Jesus Christ. So God never knew sin. Second thing is the Trinity were always in perfect unity. But when God the Father put the sin of all mankind on Jesus Christ, that unity was broken. Jesus Christ never complains about his pain. But Jesus Christ says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But Jesus, in my viewpoint, what Jesus had difficulty before the cross is that separation from God. He could not bear the separation from God the Father and God the Holy Spirit. So he's sweating blood. If God the Son has this much anguish of being separated from the other two people, persons of the Trinity, being separated from God for eternity must be a really bad thing. It was just you know, a short time he was separated. So a literal hell on earth. A literal hell on earth for him, yeah. So basically being separated from God is a literal hell. And I can't imagine someone spending eternity in hell. But I every person. I pray that no one of our listeners no. does that. We recommend that you check out Terry Reed's book on his website at Why Should You Believe? You can get access to a whole range of Dr. Carl Williams' books 
on Christian historical fiction on Amazon.com. And we also recommend Scott Lane's new book, What If God Wrote the Bible, which is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere else. Information for creation events in our area are on our website's calendar page. For more information or to schedule a presentation, go to sabsa.org or call 210-599-7240. When you go to our website, you can click on a link to our newsletter. Our website has a link for contact information on which you can order our newsletter to be emailed to you or you can call us. Also go to whyshouldyoubelieve.com. That is Terry's website containing articles looking at current day issues from a biblical perspective. Sabsa meets the second Tuesday of each month at 7 p.m. We are now meeting at Faith Lutheran Church just south of the corner of Jones Maltzberger in Thousand Oaks. There you will find biblical apologetics and creation science teaching found nowhere else in Bear County, as well as the availability of books and videos on these important subjects. If you missed any part of this show, you can listen to this show anytime by going to the AM630 KSLR, the Word in South Texas website. Click on KSLR Podcast, scroll down until you find Believing the Bible. Please join us again next Saturday for Believing the Bible. I'm Scott Lane. And for Terry Reed, Dr. Carl Williams, and Ed Salzwell, thanks for listening. And we hope you found today a reason to believe the Bible. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.